Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Walden and today I'm talking to Norbert Reinisch of the Breider Winery in Piemonte. Welcome, Norbert. Hello. Tell me a little bit about the history of the, the Breider Winery. Breider Winery started in 1961 when my father-in-law, Giacomo Bologna, started to select uh, vineyards uh, for Barbera because he was a really a big uh, fan of Barbera in a time where Barbera was considered to be an easy drinking, everyday wine without uh, quality, actually. Just really quantity was the, the, the aim in that time. So Barbera is a, a red wine variety. It's a red grape variety. And actually, it's uh, the mostly planted indigenous grape variety from Piedmont. And it's one of the mostly planted in Italy, generally, after San Giovese and Montepulciano. Barbera is the mostly planted grape variety in Italy. So it's funny how Barbera is a lesser known grape in Piemonte than, say, Nebbioli, which is, which is planted much less. In Piedmonte, it's definitely better known than Nebbiolo, but of course, uh, worldwide, the people, if they're thinking of uh, Piemonte, they are thinking of Barolo Barbaresco, so in that case, of, of course, of uh, the Nebbiolo grape variety. But uh, more and more today, I see uh, around the globe, actually, that people, especially drinking wine together with food, uh, most of the people prefer, actually, Barbera, because it's a perfect food wine. What makes it so special with food than Barbera? I think it's um, the fruitiness of the wine, and especially it's the acidity, which maybe if you taste the wine in a tasting, especially you started tasting in early morning, uh, the acidity may be a little bit too much uh, just for tasting. But as soon as you start to have food with it, and only if you have a salami or something like this, the Barbera is the best. In wine, we often talk about acidity. What we're just talking about there is a sort of the freshness of the wine, right? Yes, but uh, like Sangiovese, Barbera has a, a huge acidity and uh, we can also consider this as a luck for us. But uh, since we see the global warming uh, coming up, uh, the acidity actually helps uh, that the wine uh, remain fresh uh, for even, even if you are very high in alcohol. So if you go up to 16 degrees of alcohol, you drink it like uh, a spritz. <laughs> it's easy to drink. Okay, so let's just go through the the. Bar- Barbera wines that uh, the Breider winery makes, uh, one by one. La Monella. La Monella. This was actually really the first wine Giacomo produced uh, back to the 60s. And La Monella is uh, internationally maybe less uh, known because it's a frizzante Barbera. Frizzante Barbera. So lightly sparkling. It's lightly sparkling. Actually, it was Petillons uh, for many years, also on the label. Then the, the law changed and we had to write frizzante. This is actually the way people still today drink this style of wine as an aperitif before they go to lunch or dinner or having it with uh, this quite heavy Piemontese food. So, you know, it's... Uh, so such as? Uh, like salami or prosciutto or gorgonzola. And especially if you go in the, in the wine bars in, in Piedmont, you find lots of uh, anchovies, actually. And uh, La Monella, this, it's a red wine. It's a red sparkling wine. Works perfectly with anchovies. And La Monella, what does that mean? La Monella means the cheeky or the naughty girl. It was dedicated to my wife when she was a, a little girl. She was a naughty girl, like our son today, actually. It's his 10th birthday. He's a Monello. It's also his uh, favorite wine, although he doesn't drink wine yet. He will. But he will, for sure. And uh, the cheeky or the naughty girl, a naughty wine, because it's uh, still fizzy. And if you open the bottle, uh, sometimes even some foam is coming out of the bottle. And uh, on the palate, it's, uh, it's beautiful Monella. <laughs> 
Okay, the next one, the Montebruna. Another, that's, that's a Barbera d'Asti. What's special about the Barbera called Montebruna? Montebruna, this is actually the first project uh, of the last generation. Uh, the idea of Giuseppe Bologna, my, my brother-in-law. He tried to make an expression of Barbera without using barrique. And so no, no barrels. No barrels. Uh, so he started to plant this vineyard in the late 90s, 10 years after Giacomo Bologna passed away, uh, with the focus on the fruitiness and on the really on the character of the wine. And Monte Bruno, which was the given name of the area already there, we were also using new techniques, so new rootstocks especially, and new combinations, cyan and rootstock, uh, because also in these years uh, the global warming started and uh, the problem of Barbera, if there's not enough water we are not allowed to to irrigate in piedmont yet we need to have rootstocks which are very resistant on draft okay so monte bruno means the brown hill right it's a brown hill hill. was a given name so it was not the the name given by us but it's indeed especially in summer when it's very dry quite a brown it's a light brown mountain because it's rich in clay so it's uh, 80 percent clay and the rest is sand and a little of, of uh, calcareous mull. Does that clay give a really quite full-bodied heavy wine? Indeed, uh, especially we are between the Montferrat and the Lange area. So the river Tanaro divides these both uh, geological areas and we are in between. So we have really the influence a little bit of this Montferrat style, which is lots of iron, manganese, magnesium and so on. And then we have this uh, fatty soil, um, which is perfect for Grignolino and Barbera. Is the Montebrino a little bit spicy then? Especially we see this in the last years, uh, like uh, 2011, 2015, in these hot vintages. You get white pepper spices and uh, in the blind tasting, you would really really go to a Northern Rhone uh, Syrah. Next up is another, is another Barbera d'Asti called Bricco della Bigotta. Brico della Bigotta was actually the second crew after Brico de Lucellone. So Brico della Bigotta is a very small vineyard in Rocchetta Tanaro, so in the village where the winery was founded and still is. The Bigotta, uh, it's, it's dedicated to the f- former owner of this vineyard, a lady working for the church and in the church being praying at least twice a day in the church, but being quite a nasty lady outside. Giacomo always said, you are quite a bigot lady, bigotto. And uh, when she, when he was able to buy this vineyard, finally, he said to the lady, and you bigot name, will give me the name for a uh, bigot lady, will give me the name for this, uh, for this wine. Brico, so she knew about uh, it, right? She knew it. Actually, she want, she asked actually also to get some money for the, for the name. <laughs> <laughs> Did you give her any? <laughs> no, she didn't. <laughs> okay. Next one, uh, Brico de Lucelloni. That's another Barbera d'Asti. Yes, Brico de Lucelloni actually is maybe, you can say, the flagship wine internationally seen. This was uh, the first barrel-aged Barbera. We are going back to 1985. Wow, 1985. Uh, 85, so Barbera. more than 30 years. Uh, and this was also a period where Barbera was definitely known um, rather for scandals and, and low profile, low quality. And Giacomo was able to select an, an vineyard, which today have uh, wines older than 55 years, and started uh, after malactic fermentation to age this wine in partly used, partly new French barrique. I mean, at that time, Barbera would have been seen as uh, really high yield, crank out as much wine as you possibly can, sell it as cheap as you can. 
Don't worry about quality. No way you're going to spend money aging it in barrel, right? Absolutely. This so is actually, totally against the norm. All people, a part of the, uh, Angelo Gaia, he, he really said, leave it another month, leave it another month in the, in the barrels. But, uh, but the other said, you're really crazy. Because beside of the low yield, uh, sorry, it was definitely the lowest yield in that time, the low yield, um, and then also the time of harvest. Usually people in Piedmont, they started to harvest in August because sugar level was already quite high, but the acidity of the barbarian in August is uh, not really ripe enough because acidity must ripe to a certain point. And so he started to harvest in October. Today we are back to September, but this is uh, due to the global warming. But so he waited another two months and so the sugar concentration and therefore the alcohol concentration was much higher. The wine was much more complex and this wine actually can age for decades. Which normally you would never say about a Barbera, right? Absolutely. Today, yes. But uh, let's say in in that time people wouldn't think about to age Barbera. So he basically made a Grand Cru wine from a grape that was considered almost worthless. Exactly. So he, he was a crazy guy and did crazy things, but with good success. Okay, and finally, Aisuma. Another Barbera Nasty. Aisuma, this is a beautiful Piemontese expression meaning ci siamo. There we are. I've got it. It's a wine which is not produced every single year because it's really, it needs another, another couple of days, sometimes weeks for more ripening, more maturation. And so it's a kind of late harvest, which for natural reason cannot be produced every single year. But let's say make it five or six times out of a decade. We produce this late harvest Barbera and this wine is aged in new barriques only for approximately 11-12 months. So this is really a super concentration, nearly jammy sometimes, of Barbera. So what would, what's the best food to pair with that particular wine? This requires meat. So if you go in, in our restaurants uh, in Piedmont, you have this beautiful fasona uh, beef, and it's actually the perfect, or uh, grilled, uh, or as, as we do it in wintertime, braised uh, for a long, long time. Okay. Brasato. Uh, Norbert Reinisch, thanks very much for sharing your knowledge and love of all things Barbera from the Barada Winery in Piemonte. Um, I hope you can show me around some of their single vineyards uh, in the future and we can talk a little bit more about that religious lady who had slightly odd behaviour. Thanks a lot for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. Follow us at Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook.